What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Christine Moore on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Christine, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Thank you so much, Shelly. Um, well, first, I want to say thank you for everything, for having this podcast up and for allowing us to share our stories on here and help ourselves heal and help others heal. Um, but yeah, um, my name is Christine Moore. Um, I'm a 28-year-old Canadian girl, uh, recently got married in October of 2019, and right away we wanted to start trying, and I'm like, it's going to take a while. It's not, there's no way I can get pregnant quick, but of course, I found out I was pregnant on um, November 25th, exactly a month after getting married, a month and one day after getting married. Um, we were so excited. We were just over the moon, but I couldn't believe it. Like, how did it happen so quickly? Like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Um, but yeah, so we were really excited. Um, we wanted to tell everyone. We wanted to just tell the world. But of course, I'm like, it's still so early. Like, we should keep it to ourselves. And we never know what's going to happen. But I couldn't keep it from, like, my mom and my dad and my sister <laughs> and my best friend like keeping it to yourself is very hard um but um around christmas time of 2019 um we went to my mom's house and uh we did like a whole reveal thing which is i jumped the gun but i'm i don't regret it i don't regret it because that's still that's still our baby and we were excited and you know what i mean um and then um, when we got back from Christmas, we came back to Windsor. I'm from, I'm from Canada. And um, uh, we got back to Windsor, and I had my appointment December 30th to go get my first ultrasound. And everything seemed fine. I had all the symptoms. I was nauseous. I could not be around me. Um, it was just like I had all the symptoms. I wasn't expecting what was to come. And we got into, or I got into my ultrasound, and I don't know how it is in the States, but in Canada, it's just the mom for the first ultrasound because it's considered a medical scan. So they don't allow anyone else in there, which is kind of ridiculous, I think, because I was so nervous and all I wanted was my husband there. And um, so I got on the table and she uh, started the ultrasound and... I was like super excited and everything, but I, I felt my excitement just dropping because I could see the look on her face. Something just wasn't right. So she started with um, just with the wand and then she couldn't see anything. And I'm like, mm, that's weird. Like in my head, I'm like, I know I'm far enough along that she could see something pretty clearly. And my, I drink so much water. So I know my bladder was full enough. And so then she's like, can you just go empty and we'll do a transvaginal? And I'm like, okay. So I went and did that and I could still see on her face something was wrong. Something wasn't, something wasn't right. 
but here they're not allowed to say anything. They're not allowed to um, give us any more information. They can't turn the screen towards us, which was just completely just a slap in the face kind of thing. Cause that's what you see in like movies and stuff. And you like look forward to that. And I just wanted to see that little flicker and everything, but um, yeah, things didn't go as expected, I guess. Um, and all she could tell me was you're measuring smaller than expected. Um, you have to get in contact with your doctor. And I'm like, oh God. So it was December 30th and the next day was um, New Year's Eve. So I was worried I wouldn't even be able to see my doctor before um, all the holiday craziness. And um, I actually ended up getting a call from my doctor the next morning and she told me, can you, can you come in and uh, we'll, we'll see what's going on. We got your scans. I'm like, okay. So my husband and I get ready. We go in there and she tells me that at this point I could have ovulated late. Um, it could have been like a numer numerous things, but she said it, it could be nothing, but it could be a miscarriage. So our next step is to get blood work done and um, see what's going to happen there. And so I got my first set of blood work done on January 2nd, and I had to wait a couple days to be able to compare my levels. And But when I got it done on January 2nd, she called me and she was like, your levels are amazing, da 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 like, she was just like impressed by how high the levels were. And she was like, there can't be anything wrong, like in her head, in my head. And then I got my second set of blood work done and it had dropped, but it had dropped so, like it was such a small drop that like in my heart, I didn't want to accept it, even though the numbers don't lie. Um, so then she asked me if I could go get another ultrasound done just to make sure. and that in itself is traumatizing um, just to go through that all over again and have to be alone again. And, not, and knowing that like when I'm lying down on that, that examination table, I'm not going to see my baby. I'm not going to get that excitement that other people leaving this place are walking out with an ultrasound picture. And like, it was, it was really, really hard, but um, that was on the fifth. And um, by the seventh, they confirmed, like my doctor confirmed 100% that the baby had passed away at six weeks and four days. And I was supposed to be um, nine weeks and some odd days along. So I was devastated. Um, my husband, Curtis, was very strong for both of us throughout the whole thing because I couldn't be strong. And from the start, I kept saying, like, the numbers are not adding up. It doesn't make sense. I know my cycle. I know my dates. Like, I know something is wrong. But he kept saying, like, I have hope for us both. Um, and then my doctor gave me the option of either doing the pill, um, the procedure, or let it pass naturally. But at that point, I just wanted it, as bad as it sounds, to just be done because I couldn't mentally handle it anymore. It was just, it was way too much. Um, so I opted for the pill. In my case, I feel like it was a mistake and I should have gone a different route because it was the most intense thing that I've ever been through. And I did not know that. Um, I, the way they describe it, it sounds like a heavy period. I'm like, I've dealt with lots of periods. I've dealt with heavy periods since I was 11. I can handle this. But I did not know it was going to be 
the way it was. Um, um, <clears throat> so I took the pill, I ended up taking the pill around three or four o'clock on January 8th. And within a couple hours, the cramping, well, actually within half an hour, the cramping started, but within a couple hours, the bleeding started and everything. Um, but then by like eight o'clock, the bleeding was like, I was like, this can't be normal. So I got really concerned and my husband had just stepped out to go get me like crackers and Gatorade just to make sure that I stay hydrated and keep eating so I don't pass out. But something just fell off. So we have this really cool service in Canada called telehealth. I don't know if they have it in the States where you can like, um, you call in and it's a nurse on the other side and you tell them your symptoms and you tell them what's going on and they tell you what you should do because I didn't want to go to emerge and have to wait and then them to be like, Oh, it's completely normal. You're fine. Um, so I called and I told her what was going on and that it's a lot. And she said to me, she's like, you need to go to the hospital right now. And I'm like, oh, great. As if things have not gone, like, uh, any cra like couldn't have gotten any crazier. And so I called my husband and he was on his way back. And he's like, okay, I'll take you right away. I just grabbed my stuff, grabbed like extra pads and extra underwear and everything, all that exciting stuff that you got to bring with you. And I headed to the hospital. As soon as we got in, I was already nervous and in pain and everything. Um, we went up to the security desk and I said to him, I'm like, listen, I just had a miscarriage and I'm bleeding a lot and I need to see someone right away. And they were unbelievable at the hospital here. They were honestly the best experience I've ever had as like weird as that sounds. They were so good. They just were ready to go. Um, so the security went up to the nurse's station and told them exactly what was going on. And they came out and took me right away. Um, they got me into a wheelchair. They uh, did the whole triage part and everything like everyone else. And then um, I sat probably like half an hour, which is not bad for here because the waiting rooms are usually insane. It's like a zoo. Um, they had me in a wheelchair because they were scared that I was going to pass out. And maybe like three minutes before they got me a bed, I passed out in the waiting room. But thankfully, like I said, I was sitting, but I could, as soon as I opened my eyes, I could see the fear in Curtis's eyes. He was so scared. He was more, I think he was more scared than I was at that point. Cause he had like, he didn't know what to do. Um, thankfully these nurses took complete control and they were so passionate and compassionate towards the situation. They were like, they just went above and beyond to help me out. And obviously right now, especially, I'm, I'm so grateful for those nurses and those doctors. They really helped out. Um, so they kept me comfortable. They checked my vitals. They changed me and everything. Um, my vitals were, my, my um, blood pressure was really low and my pulse was really high. So they were really scared. They thought that I was like hemorrhaging. Um, so they didn't let me eat or drink or anything until the doctor was able to see me and the doctor couldn't see me for a couple hours because of how busy they were. They were just happy to get me a bed. Um, so the doctor, when the doctor did finally come in, um, they did that dreaded exam of checking everything down under 
and um, she used like a pair of tweezers or something, or I don't even know what was happening, but it was probably the worst, the worst part of the whole thing, like the whole evening was that pain um, when she tried to like move things, if you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to get into too much details, but I feel like everyone that's listening to this and you as well, Shelly, will probably understand what I'm referring to. And it was just the worst thing ever. But they did, they did decide that they don't think I was hemorrhaging, but they wanted to keep me there until they thought I was stable enough to go home because they didn't want anything to happen at home. So they had me on IV for, I don't even know how long now. Everything is just a blur. Um, and then um, the doctor did come and clear me. It was around like three or four in the morning, I think. And they said that I could go home, um, which I was super happy about just to be in my own bed and like be able to just relax a little bit. But that pain continued and the cramps or the cramps and the bleeding continued for like, I think it was like three weeks or close to three weeks. And I just, uh, it was the worst. Um, as soon as the pain subsided, that's when like the emotional and mental aspect of it kicked in like full swing. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I didn't want to accept it. I think that was a big thing of it. And because it was a missed miscarriage, I'm like, my body doesn't want to let go. My mind doesn't want to let go. Like, it was just really hard to wrap my head around it. And um, I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. I didn't want to talk to um, my mother-in-law who has had miscarriages. I was, I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to admit to it. You know, I didn't want to say it out loud because then it was true. Um, I had, I hadn't told that many people at this point, but I did, I started to tell people and actually I feel like more of my friends know about my miscarriage than they knew about my pregnancy because it was so early on still, but I'm like, I have friends that are like family that I see like every single day, they were bound to find out. So I ended up just telling them and they were so supportive and so loving, and so wonderful, and anything I needed, they were there, and I guess the the big thing to learn out of this is it's okay to talk about it, and it's okay to open up, because you'd be surprised with a lot of people's response, and you'd be surprised by the way people react, and how open some people are to accepting um, what's going on, and, and trying to help their, the best that they can, even though the situation is pretty helpless at, at that point. Like you can't, you can't do anything about it. You just got to learn to m move forward, I guess you could say. But there was a part of me that felt guilty for moving forward. And um, I, I was having a really hard time. And still, like I still struggle. Some days I'm perfectly fine. Like today I woke up and I'm like, I'm good. But who knows? Like yesterday was a bad day. Like every day has been so it was it's been so up and down um but then i found your page and i found your um podcast and i listened to other people's stories and listened to your story and it just it helped me open up to myself i think and that was a really big step and i because i just didn't want to accept it and i didn't think i needed to i guess that I guess you could put it that way. Um, but I did. 
and um, I started writing. I started meditating and just doing stuff that I haven't been able to do because life is so busy. And I took time off of work. Um, I was actually supposed to go back to work. And then I was told, nope, um, you can't go back to work right now. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so some more time to heal, I guess. Um, but eventually I started to not hate myself and not be so harsh on myself and realize my body has just taken me through and gotten me through one of the hardest things that I've experienced in my life. And I should be grateful for my body and I should be grateful for the, for who I am and how strong I am. And I need to realize that I am strong and just, um, move forward kind of thing. And it's hard. It's really hard. And, but slowly things are, things are flowing, I guess. Um, it took a while for my first cycle to start, which was really discouraging for a while in a weird way. Like I, I heard on one of your other podcasts, actually the last girl that was um, on there, Martha, she said that for like, she wanted herself to stop bleeding when it first initially happened. And then she didn't get her period and she just wanted that period so badly. And I could relate a thousand percent. And I was like, that's literally me. That's literally me. But finally my cycle did start. So that was like a huge relief off my chest. And, um, for a while I was telling Curtis that I don't think I can put myself through this again. I don't think I can get pregnant again and then have the potential for another loss. I don't know if I could do it, but then hearing all these stories gave me so much hope. And finally I sat down and I talked to him and I said, I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up on that. Like, I want to be a mom. I want to be a mom so badly. Um, and so we're slowly transitioning back into the TTC life. Um, just um, keeping up with my health. That's the, like the most important thing right now is I just need to take care of myself. And right now I have all the spare time in the world because I'm not, I'm not working. And so I'm trying to take care of my health um, physically and mentally and emotionally and letting myself grieve and letting myself realize that it's okay to hurt and it's okay to feel this way, even though it's been um, like four months now, it's okay to feel the way I feel. And it took me a while to realize that. It took me a lot to realize that what I'm feeling is quote unquote normal. Um, but also another great thing that came out of listening to your podcast was how much these women advocated for themselves and um, stepping up and saying, no, like I need this to be checked or whatever. Um, from one of the episodes that you had, she was talking about the, the lady that was talking about progesterone levels, levels. And so many people have talked about that. I've um, messaged some of the girls that you've had on the podcast and some of the advice that they're giving me is try to figure out your progesterone levels, like try to get your doctor to check it. And um, even though it's my first and hopefully only miscarriage, I did convince my doctor that I want to get my progesterone checked and I'll be going to get it checked next week, hopefully. Um, and then maybe we'll be able to take another step forward and um, find out what's going on internally. I hope we can get some sort of answer. I hope we can move forward in some sort of way. Um, because I, I do want to move forward, you know, and, um, I, I don't want that 
anxiety and that fear, even though I know it's going to be present regardless, but that that's going to help a little bit taking some pressure off of it, hopefully. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it. I just, yes. uh, just been dealing with it basically. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. We're all a bunch of badasses, aren't we? We are, honestly. <laughs> for real. Um, and if you, you guys, if your doctor won't check your progesterone, there is proof tests out there. I always yeah. like to mention that because that is like the epitome of advocating for yourself because some doctors just like won't freaking do it. Honestly, find another doctor, but like yeah. proof test is out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Find another doctor I'm, in that case. Yeah. I'm so happy that your doctor is doing that. That's awesome. She's, she's honestly amazing. Um, a day after taking the pill, she had no idea what had happened that I'd gone to the hospital. She didn't know that stuff yet. Um, she actually gave me a call personally and was like, I just want to check up and like, make sure you're okay. And then when I told her everything and she was like, I'm so sorry. Like she's just Dr. Maple shout out. You're great. Um, honestly, I, I got really lucky with the doctors and nurses that I got throughout this whole process because they made something that's so painful and so shitty a little bit better, you know? Yeah, for sure. And the, I mean, they have those. It makes a huge difference. It, it does. The bedside manner is like everything on mm-hmm. this journey. Yeah, um, for sure. Now, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I would say... Um, surround yourself with supportive and loving people and realize it's okay to feel the way you're feeling and it's okay to ask for help when you feel like you need help don't don't feel ashamed of the person you are and of what you've been through these are just your battle scars like you're a strong and badass woman and it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to not feel okay and don't be harsh on yourself um take your time to heal You've been through so much physically, mentally, emotionally. Just take your time and don't let anyone tell you that, oh, it's, it was early on or all those stuff that we hate hearing. Um, a loss is a loss and you're okay and you're going to mourn and you're going to get through this. And uh, yeah. Absolutely. If someone wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Um, my Instagram and my Twitter are both ChrisMore11 with two S's in Chris. Awesome. I will go ahead and I'll link that in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for jumping on, Christine. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Shelly. Yes. Good luck. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Keep me posted on your progesterone appointment. Yeah, I will for sure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.